This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Alaska discussing a murder that was solved 26 years after it occurred using familial DNA. Then we'll talk about a case that exposes the major problem of sexual abuse of Native Alaskan women. So buckle up and join us on the stark and twisted ride through The Last Frontier. When you lose a loved one at the hand of a murderer, you want to know who did it, and you want justice. Swift justice. We forget that immediately after the murder of a loved one, it's really only the beginning. The waiting for an arrest, court hearings, verdicts, sentences, appeals, and parole. Your loved one's death and who may have caused it becomes the main focus of your life. You have zero control over how long any of this takes. You know justice is not going to bring your loved one back but it is a sense of closure. The start of trying to pick up the shattered pieces and move on somehow. It will never fully go away, but you may begin the long road to the healing. Now imagine having to wait 26 years, 9,490 days for this. Sophie Sergi was born in 1973 in Pitkus Point, Alaska. So that's like the southwest part of Alaska. And today the population is only 120. Yeah, the towns there. It's tiny. You think Arkansas has some small towns. Alaska, I've is noticed. Is that even a town? I mean, 120 I guess people? So. What makes. Anyways, her family were Yupik Native Americans. She was very smart and hardworking. She received a scholarship to the University of Alaska located in Fairbanks, which is the completely other side of Alaska and is about a five-hour plane ride. Wow. I guess I just didn't realize how vast the land is in Alaska because you just see it on the map and clearly my geography teacher did not do her job (laughs) because it's huge. It is. So anyways... So she wanted to become a marine biologist because she loved whales and wanted to study them. That's a good place to do it. No kidding. So after two years, she decided to take a year off because she needed dental insurance. And she took a job where this employer had wonderful dental insurance. She had to have a procedure done on her mouth and teeth because she had a severe overbite. So she was having like a major surgery. Oh, yeah. They have to, I think, have sometimes expanders in there. Yeah, oh, my breaking gosh. your bones and oh my gosh. all the stuff. Freaking tooth stuff. I'm um, girl. So the surgery she needed was going to take place in Fairbanks, but she was going home to work. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So she would be flying back and forth, and while she was in Fairbanks for her procedure and follow-up appointments and pre-op appointments and all the things. She planned to stay with her friend Shirley, who lived in Bartlett Hall, which is a dorm on the campus of the college. And this was a girl's only floor. 
that Shirley lived on. And when she would stay there, Shirley would stay at her boyfriend's place to kind of give Sophie her own. Because it was just like a dorm room. Yeah. It's just one bed. She gave her her personal space and she would just stay at boyfriend's house. Gotcha. So despite the crime seemingly going on everywhere on campus, Mm. the students did not lock their doors. There were no desk attendants at the front desk of the dorms either. So basically no security. There were several attacks on students from people just wandering on the campus and a lot of student on student crime, which is insane. It's crazy stuff happens on campuses. Yeah. So Sophie flew to Fairbanks for a few days in April of 93 for a dentist appointment. She planned on staying a few days then flying back home to Pitkett's Point. She spent a long weekend with Shirley and planned to fly back on Monday after her appointment. So Saturday night, she and some of her friends went to see a movie and then to a place known for having a great view of the Northern Lights, the Murphy Dome. Hmm. So later that night, they went back to Shirley's dorm, ordered some pizzas and hung out. So Sophie was enrolled at the school and she had been there for two years before taking this year off so she had a ton of friends there yeah so i mean this was not someplace she didn't wasn't familiar with Mm -hmm. like she lived there so around midnight she decides to go out for a quick smoke and shirley's boyfriend told her you know you can smoke in the bathroom just turn the vent on it's freezing (laughs) outside just go nobody gives a shit so the bathrooms on this floor there are two Two bathrooms on each floor. And there's like a west side and an east side and they share a wall. So whichever dorm, wherever your room is located is which bathroom you use. So if you're on the west side, you will use that side. And In my mind, it's kind of like when you go into like a concert venue, you know, like a Mm -hmm. how they'll have like one big bathroom for girls. But there's like a A bunch of stalls, stalls, but it's like showers. And, Uh, you know, so you'll just use this side if you, you know, live over here and this side if you live over there. Mm -hmm. So she heads to the bathroom and Shirley and her boyfriend head to his place. And this was the last time they saw Sophie. Is this a girls only dorm? Girls only floor. Floor. Yes. So they were on the second floor. Okay. Girls only floor. Yes. So the next day, Shirley comes back to her dorm. The lights are on. The TV's on. All Sophie's stuff is still there. Sophie's dentist called Sophie's house back in Pitka's Point and told them that she was a no-show for her appointment, which was the only reason why she was going. So immediately her family was like, that's, she flew out there it's for like this. like her sh- priority She right wouldn't now. have missed yeah. it. Right. So a young woman living in the dorms at the same time said she remembered seeing a light on in the bathtub room. So there's a room that has a bathtub in it. It has a door hmm. because... It's a tub. You're getting naked and then you're getting in. It's not like the showers, which is just the curtain. So she says she remembered seeing a light on in the bathtub room the same night Sophie had went in there to smoke, which was odd because no one ever used the tub. The door was closed, but you could see that the light was on. She went ahead and took her shower and said she heard some weird noises coming from there, like a rustling sound, maybe a popping sound, but she just thought, Somebody's probably in there with their boyfriend, and I'm not going to interrupt them. Another girl said the same thing, that she went in around 1.30, said it was quiet, but she did hear someone in the tub room 
a loud thud and then murmuring, but same thing. She thought somebody was in there with their boyfriend. So they weren't being nosy. They're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's stuff. That's I college stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't look in the, I wouldn't think something bad, you know no, what I mean? No. No. Mm-mm. So the next day, that same student was headed back to her room after class and she saw a janitor who was freaking out. She took her in the bathtub room and showed her what she had found. It was Sophie. <gasps> they found a resident advisor who called the police. Sophie had been stabbed multiple times, once in the eye, once in the cheek. She was raped. Oh, my gosh. Strangled with a ligature, shocked with a stun gun, hit with a blunt object, then shot in the back of the head. What in the world? What? That's an overkill. And all those methods? Yes. Yes. And she was so close to so many students and two people in the bathroom and they just didn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go over there and, which is horrifying. And it was hours and hours before she was found. Oh my gosh. And she was supposed to be leaving that very day to go back home. Like it's just. So the noises she was. Fighting. Probably alive yeah, still. Fighting back, trying to. Oh my gosh. Fibers and hair were taken from her body as well as fluids and semen, but DNA was still in its infancy mm. at this time. The campus was shocked. Police told students to go stay somewhere else. Families and students were furious that this could even have happened at their school. They should have had some form of security. But there was none. I mean, a shared bathroom, that's... They posted ugh. no security even after this happened. Oh at my the dorm, gosh. at the school. I can't even imagine there was something a murderer. like that happening on my dorm floor. Right. Like, down the hallway. There was literally a murderer on the loose. Mm. So they begin investigating the police, questioning students and neighbors close to Bartlett Hall, visitors who were at the dorm, and anyone who knew Sophie. Mm. Fingerprints and hair samples were taken, semen and other evidence from the crime scene. And they said whoever did this must have known the campus. They fit in and clearly had it out for women because it was such an overkill. The stun gun has me. And it just seemed like she was in the wrong place at the wrong time, which I hate that saying so much. Well, it's like who... who's hiding out in the girl's bathroom? In her, don't, I right. don't know. So a memorial was held the day after her death. Former teachers said everybody loved her. Her friends said she enjoyed life so much and wouldn't want us to be bitter that we should pray for her killer. She was buried next to her grandmother back in Pitkus Point. So six weeks later, still nothing. No leads. There were a few suspects who were questioned or persons of interest. Crime Stoppers put up a $20,000 reward for any information. Mm. But slowly, all the leads were cleared. Man, and like no cameras, no anything at that time. So this this case just drug out even more because they have the DNA, but it would be another six years before they could even test it. In 1994, Sophie's mom filed a civil suit against the college for lack of security. Mm -hmm. A settlement was made a couple years later, but the details were kept very private. In 1996, state troopers decided to turn to the internet, hoping somebody knew something. They created a website with Sophie's picture and a brief synopsis of her murder and figured that the killer had probably moved from Alaska and would most likely be a repeat offender. And so they kind of 
wanted to get all this out there. So if there's sure. any other states that maybe had other cases that resembled anything that had happened to her, maybe they could work together, you know, all the things. Before long, her case went cold until 2009. There was a new theory that she may have been killed somewhere else. So they opened it back up and started interviewing her old friends, women who lived in the dorm and acquaintances. But Sophie's case goes cold again. In 2018, a new detective comes on board. By this time, DNA was booming. And we have Lacey's favorite, familial mm-hmm. DNA. Where the DNA from a consumer website is used. But you're also volunteering the DNA from your relatives. So I don't agree with this, but do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> so they police, did something bad. That's on right, them. Right. That's true. But now police have the ability to test crime scene DNA and biological evidence to identify a potential suspect, even though they did not voluntarily give this to mm-hmm. the police. So I, I like that idea. But DNA only proves they may have been in contact with the person. It does not prove guilt. Just saying. So this new detective decides to try our favorite, Parabon Nano Labs. They agree to analyze the DNA collected in Sophie's case and compare it to genealogical database that they have to see if anything matches. They use a type of DNA profile called single nucleotide polymorphism. Mm-hmm. Did you just hear me pronounce that probably incorrectly? You but probably I probably pronounced it right. Was very confident. Just <laughs> That's my trick. Yeah. So this is a genetic blueprint of an individual. Oh. This contains the genetic DNA that they share with one of their relatives. Then this is compared to a database known as GEDmatch. So after this was done, the lab contacted the investigator in December of 2018 and told them we have a match to a woman who lives in Vermont. She only had one person that it could be her nephew. Uh Oh, Stephen Downs, who was a 44 year old nurse living in Maine. So the DNA that they tested had like X, Y, you know, I don't know all the Mm -hmm. scientific terms or whatever. So it had to be male. Mm-hmm. And with the tests that they ran, it the DNA come from the maternal side. Yeah, they can really pinpoint. Really pinned it down. Yeah. And so this woman did not have children or grandchildren. Uh-huh. She had no brothers. She had one sister who had one son. Man, that really narrowed it down. So they man, narrow, they're like, it has to People be with humongous families, yes. it's, they they're, have to do, spend a lot of time right. going they're, through every single person. There was no cousins. There was man. no brothers. There were no grandchildren, children of her mm. own. So it had to be the nephew. Ooh. He was born and raised in Maine, and when he graduated high school, Stephen went off to college in Fairbanks, Alaska, and attended college with Sophie. Okay, that is so random. Mm -hmm. From Maine to Alaska Mm -hmm. for college? Okay. He lived in the dorm, Bartlett Hall, at the same time Sophie was killed. They tracked him down in Maine in February of 2019 to ask him some questions about that night Sophie was killed. He had already been questioned by police. Oh, okay. when it happened, I was about to say, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, when okay. it happened, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I don't know. We don't know her. He had a roommate. We've never seen her. We have no idea. We didn't see anything." 
He told the police that night that he was with his girlfriend, and it was probably one of the guys from Fort Wainwright because they come to the college to party a lot. So he's pointing fingers. Mm -hmm. So the police need to get his DNA to prove that it was him without a doubt. Right. They wait. They don't get anything. So finally, they get a search warrant and swab him. He was a match. He denied it. He said, there's no way he did it. I told you I don't know her. I've never met her. They also found a gun in his home that matched the one Mm. used in her murder. From all those years ago? All these years later, he still had a twenty-two. He was arrested and charged with sexual assault and murder in the first. He pled not guilty and was extradited to Alaska. Wow. His attorney said the police screwed up the investigation, the crime scene, and said the only thing they really have is a few sperm. He argued that that only proved that they had sex, but it couldn't point out when the sex happened or if it was or wasn't consensual, which is true. But nothing else linked him to the murder. They said the DNA obtained was unconstitutionally obtained through Jedmatch. So basically, his attorney is trying to get the whole thing thrown yeah. out before it even goes to court. He said all the evidence at Stephen's house was illegally obtained, too. I mean, how was it all because of the Jed match in the yes, beginning? because that that's illegal? the reason okay. why. I mean, he's doing his job. Yeah. His attorney's yeah. job is to poke holes in the police's case and point out some bullshit. And As try they to get should. They should. That's a good attorney. Yeah. But still, you're a dumbass. Anyways, pre-trial hearings started in 2021. Man. Defense pointed out that the 22 found in the house could not be proven it was the one that actually killed her. They pointed out other suspects, three to be exact. Stephen's roommate at the time, who had gotten trouble for having a gun on campus. Oh my God. A man named Greg Thornton, who was allegedly seen leaving the girl's bathroom around the same time, and he lived in Barton Hall. He also got in trouble for having a gun on campus. What in the world? I mean, it's Alaska. I, I guess know. there's, I don't yeah. know. But, and the last one was a man named Kenneth Moto. A female student said she saw a man wearing a gray t-shirt leaving the bathroom around the same time. And when police questioned him the next day, he was wearing a gray t-shirt. So it had to be the same guy. Man. Because they only make one gray t-shirt they, in Alaska. Apparently. They really <laughs> did not have a lot of stuff when it happened. No, no. That's the most frustrating part is that just... Yeah. So he also allegedly later confessed to his sister that he had killed Sophie. But this is all alleged because that sister died. Oh, my gosh. So it's all hearsay. Anyways. Well, then who alleged it? She allegedly told someone before she died. Then she died, so you couldn't really... Yeah, no, no. So anyways, all three of these were allowed to be brought up in the actual trial. Wow. But COVID put a hold on a lot of things. Trials included. And finally, in January of 2022, his trial began. Wow. All the evidence was brought into court. The semen, the witness statements. Stephen had no history of violence against women. And that surprised me. No assault charges. He had a pretty clean record. Prosecution said he had a gun, knife, and it was proven he was there. His defense was banking on reasonable doubt, due in part to the three other 
suspects. Despite matching descriptions from witnesses and alleged confessions, all three of the other men were cleared through DNA. Stephen's interviews with the police were played in court. He denied anything to do with Sophie. He never met her, said he only knew what she looked like because he saw a picture on flyers that were put up after she was killed. Okay, but how is your sperm? Exactly. It couldn't have been consensual if you're swearing you've never met her before. Yeah, you you don't know her and then right now. So in closing arguments, the prosecution again pointed out that the semen was found inside Sophie. Quote, not on her thighs Mm. or in her underwear. Why? Because dead women can't stand up. Oh, God. That's a very heavy quote. Uh, that's that's also I, it's something I've never thought about. Right. But it's a, a way it to have, prove yeah. that it was done. Yeah. Like. Mm, right. Oh, my God. I, yes. Mm, or she was killed Like she afterwards. didn't stand up. She didn't move. Yeah. If you. Mm. So the defense claimed it was consensual. Mm-mm. Sir, your client is on tape saying he yeah, never met no. this woman a million times, so you can't argue that, but yeah. good try. Mm-mm. So on February 10th, 2022, after two days of deliberation, Stephen Downs was found guilty of first-degree murder and first-degree sexual assault, which are both felonies. I'm surprised the statute of limitations hadn't run out. Yeah, on the sexual assault. Right. So, sentencing hearing was held in September of 22, and he got 67 years Man. for the murder, plus a mandatory eight years for the sexual assault to be served consecutively. He will be eligible for parole in 25 years. Wow. Crazy. 26 years? You know, whenever I was looking this up, you know, it took 26 years for them to um, find Christy, what's her name? Christy Maroc that I covered in Pennsylvania and where she was killed by the DJ. Yeah. yeah. That DJ was 26 Greece. years. And then what was the one in California? The oh, college student. The backyard thing. What was her name? Oh my gosh. Isn't it Kristen Smart? Is it Kristen Smart? Smart? Yes. Listeners are yelling at us. Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. It took 26 years also for them to catch her killer, which oh was gosh. familial DNA. Oh, and see. so was Christy Maroc. Hers was too. Oh, Crazy. Crazy. If you're in my gene pool somewhere, you're getting caught. Oh, well, I didn't put mine in, so. (laughs) But I do have a little quick, um, do you want me to save it for the end? It has nothing to do with my case, but it did happen in Alaska. Like, I just read it. Oh, yeah, just say it. Just read it this morning. A woman and her son were killed by a polar bear. That had been chasing residents in a tiny remote community in Alaska. The bear had chased residents oh after entering the They're western Alaska die. town of Wales before attacking the woman and her son. The bear was shot and killed yeah. by another resident as it attacked the two victims. The victims have been have been identified as Summer Myomic. 24, and her one-year-old son, Clyde. Oh, my gosh. Communications director for the Alaska Department of Public Safety said Wednesday, yesterday. 
Troopers and Alaska Department of Fish and Game personnel have been working to travel to Wales following the attack, but have been waylaid by weather. Poor weather conditions in the region and lack of runway lights in Wales have prevented them from getting there to assess the situation. So Wales is on the coast of western Alaska and has a population of 168. From 1870 to 2014, there were only 73 documented attacks by polar bears. In this town or Alaska? In polar bear ranging states. Canada, Greenland, Norway, Russia, and the U.S. Well, yeah. They usually aren't around humans. No. They're killing seals. 20 and... of those people died. Holy 63 crap. human injuries. Yeah. Attacks on humans remain very rare. Mm-hmm. The last one recorded in that area was in 2013. And there hasn't been a fatal attack since 1980. But that I was reading, and I didn't put all this in here because it was a bunch of yeah. you know, shit to read, but it was talking about, you know, global warming and it's... They're it, running out of icebergs Well, and or then the land's not freezing yeah. back, yeah. so they're staying oh where gosh. they shouldn't be longer, exactly. which is just making it easier for them to come in contact with a human. Yeah. And one of the state troopers was quoted as saying, polar bears are the top of the food chain here. Yeah, they are. That's the truth. So, it's I like, mean, you're in their property. Not it's that like it's okay. a shark in the ocean, honestly. Right. Think about it. I mean, it's they're just trying to live. I mean, I get that they felt like they had to kill it. But I'm like, can't you just, like, tranquilize it and then take it somewhere and drop it off? I mean, yeah. It's, are you making me an sucks. animal lover, Lacey? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, when that polar bear commercial comes on, when they're, like, on a, oh, no. on a little ice patch, and I'm like... Stop it. Stop They're ferocious beasts that will murder you. But it's They're like, cute. But they are cute. They but also, it you. just sucks. They're I'm like, like toddlers. <laughs> man, it's it's too warm up there for them right now. They just want to uh, go. They, they're running out of food. They're Yeah. they're. I don't blame them. It's like you can't be mad at a shark for biting people. Right. They're just, so it's like. It's not I personal. Mean, it, and I don't know. I mean, I didn't read. <sighs> it didn't say like the exactly what happened. But it was close to a school. I didn't say if it was like a daycare or like an mm-hmm. elementary school or whatever. So I don't know if we should walk our kid to school. I don't know. I'm putting it out there that my last wish is if an animal kills me, don't kill the animal. Let the animal live. You're oh, looking at me like, oh my God. My For God. real. It's not their fault. Well, I was listening to this other podcast. I promise we're going to get to Lacey's story. I was listening to this other podcast on Sunday when I was painting my house. And it it's all about like people who are like, in Ponzi schemes and shit like that. And one of the stories was this girl who trained um, rescue dogs or, you know, dogs that came in to, that go into when there's a building collapse or 9-11 or they're searching rescue dogs. So that was her job to train them. Mm -hmm. And long story short, she was, you know, she'd been called in on all these searches, including 9-11. And then they flew her to, you know, over in the middle of the desert because she, oh there was God. architects working and they needed to find, you know, like bones and shit. So she was kind of famous and so was her dog. And then she was called to a crime scene or woods to find. And one of the state troopers or investigators saw her shake her pants leg and a bone fall out. 
And she pointed to her dog and he picked it up and she was like, oh, we found something. What? And he saw her. And of course, there was FBI and all these other people out there. So they went to her car and made her open up the trunk and the trunk was full of human bones. What? All this stuff had been planted that she had been working on. And they're like, where did she get the bones? Well, apparently, and I didn't know this, but it made me think of you. You can (coughs) donate... When you donate your body to science, one of the things you can say is, I want my body to be donated so they can use my bones and my, you know, decomposing body to train these dogs to go in and work on like rescue missions. And I was like, that's, it's kind of cool. Lacey would totally do that. Lacey would totally Find donate her body bones. to science so, so other dogs could be trained. I didn't, I mean. Yes. Okay. So that's how she was getting the bones is people that donated their body to science. She had to train her dog. She had to have real human bones. Oh, my gosh. So they could smell it and yeah. do all the things. But, yeah, she would take those bones and, like, plant them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I've never heard of that. I'm going to have to find it yeah. and send it to you. It, she was from, like, Michigan. She had, like, this – she was, like, famous. I found it. Sandra M. Anderson, I think, 43. Yes. Cadaver dog expert guilty of faking evidence. Yeah, I'll have to post that article. But, yeah, she faked several cases in Michigan and Ohio. They said she planted bones in search areas and used her own body fluids. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's – there's no reason. She's just – I don't know. That's awful. The dog's name was Eagle, a Doberman German short short hair pointer mix. They were on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Like, did she just do it? Did she just do it to be on Unsolved Mysteries? I mean, what's the? No idea. I'll have to send you the link to this podcast and you can listen to the episode. It's Mm. nuts. Okay. Wow. Well, getting into my case, I'm going to take you to Nome, Alaska. This doesn't seem so small anymore. It's a town of less than 4,000 after your story. Isn't that where 30 Days of Night took place? I think so. Ooh, they also have vampires. They have vampires there. (laughs) So Nome is the home. Oh, God. Of vampires. (laughs) Of the last great gold stampede in the history of the American West. Some call it a Wild West ghost town that refuses to die. And fun fact, you can see the northern lights in Nome, and you could see them at Sophie's school or her hometown. I didn't, school in Fairbanks. I didn't even really think about seeing them there. I always think of Iceland, but yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, Sonia Ivanov moved to Nome, Alaska after she graduated from high school in 2002. She was originally from a small village in Alaska called Unalakleet with approximately 700 residents. So that one's much smaller, and the majority of the residents, 77%, are native Alaskans, primarily Inuit. She was determined to make money and to go to college. And Nome had more employment opportunities than her village, so after graduation, she and her best friend moved to Nome and shared an apartment. Sonia worked in the hospital admissions department at the Norton Sound Health Corporation. She wanted to save enough money to go to college in Hawaii that fall. Guess she wanted a change of scenery. That's a big change. That is. In high school, she was a basketball player and was well-liked. Her classmates described her as fun and goofy. 
On the night of August 10th, 2003, Sonia was enjoying a night out with her best friend, Tamara, and some friends. Around 1 a.m., she said that she wasn't feeling well and she decided to walk home. The walk wasn't too far and Sonia felt pretty safe in Nome. Tamara said goodbye and watched Sonia walk off in the rain. She and Tamara were also roommates and when she got home at 6 a.m. to get ready for work, Sonia wasn't there. On Tuesday, Sonia still hadn't shown up, and she even missed work. Tamara was pretty worried at this point and started calling friends and family, but no one had seen her. It wasn't like Sonia to just disappear, especially without telling anyone. On Wednesday, Tamara went to the Nome Police Department and reported Sonia missing. A search and rescue team went out to the area. She would have walked, and they found her nude, lifeless body in a gravel pit. She was only left wearing one sock. She had bruises on her face, neck, and chest, and blood on her face. The pit was in a secluded area. It was about five feet off Dredge Road 5, about three to five minutes outside of Nome. She had been shot in the back of the head at a close range with a twenty-two. <gasps> That's exactly like mine. Yeah, there are some similarities. The medical examiner and a crime scene analyst didn't find any evidence. In fact, the lack of trace evidence on or near Sonia's corpse alerted law enforcement. They were thinking it might be possible that her killer had, quote, evidence awareness, basically meaning the killer would know how and where the police would look for forensic clues, like they're on the inside somehow or have knowledge, maybe went to school, whatever. Right. It's like all the places they look were too clean and other places weren't. They specifically got certain areas. So since there wasn't much to go on, the police looked into her own life and found out that a guy Sonia had dated had a bad reputation in the town. They spoke to him and did some digging, but couldn't find any evidence against him. And then he was cleared as a suspect. So at this point, they were stumped. Then a woman with an anonymous tip called in and said she saw Sonia on the night of her disappearance when she was walking home alone. They said they saw a police car pull up to her, and after a brief moment, Sonia got into the SUV. So this was huge for the investigation. Without this tip, I don't know if they would have solved it. No kidding. So, weeks after this tip, one of Nome's three police SUVs went missing. And that can't be a coincidence. So, the cops went to search for the vehicle. It didn't take too long to find it. An officer named Matt Owens called another officer, Byron Redburn, and said that he discovered the SUV. Over the radio, he said shots had been fired and he was being shot at. So Officer Redburn rushed to the scene and found Matt Owens alone and uninjured. But sure enough, the SUV was there and the windows had been broken. On the inside, there was an envelope containing Sonia's ID and a note. The note said, quote, Pigs, I hate cops. I hate every one of you. That's it. It wasn't signed by anyone. Not pigs. Yeah, and well, they also threatened any cop looking into her murder that they would shoot them in the head if they got close. Yeah, very uh, short and specific. Oh, my. 
So, Officer Byron Redburn wasn't loving Matt's description of what happened when the people were allegedly shooting at him when he found the SUV. It just wasn't making sense. He kept giving slightly different stories, and he raised some suspicion with the other officers. They kept pressing him for information. So, on the night that Sonia went missing, Matt was one of the two officers on duty. Not a good look. No. And they thought the incident was staged by Matt. Investigators made the two officers take polygraph tests. One passed, and Matt Owens failed miserably. And, of course, they also knew this didn't didn't mean guilt, but it definitely made them more suspicious Uh of Matt. The other officer that night said he and Matt were tied up with a midnight domestic violence call for about an hour. When they got back to the station, he wrote the report and Matt left. He said that he didn't see Matt during the 2 a.m. bar closing patrols, but that Matt drove him home an hour later at the end of their shifts. So around 3 a.m. So there's a window where no one knows where Matt is. Investigators interrogated Matt, and he claimed his innocence and said that he didn't stage the attack. The investigators questioned his credibility and reportedly said, You would have been dead, man. We would have been investigating a murder. There is no way on God's green earth this guy would have missed you. Basically saying you were right beside the SUV. If they wanted to shoot you, you would have been shot. Not always, but yeah, they make a good point. Yeah. Matt also had been spotted burning things around the time Sony was killed. And when investigators examined the burn pit, they found the grommets from a pair of jeans eyelets from a pair of shoes, and the underwire and other metal pieces from a bra. What? Four keys on a ring and zippers that were all belonging to the clothing and items worn by Sonia. So he burned all the clothes except he missed that one sock. Right. But yeah, they could prove they were her shoes. They, you know, they can find out what brand, what year, all that. Just from these tiny things, it's wild. Soon after people found out that Officer Matt Owens may have been involved in Sonia's murder, multiple women came forward accusing him of sexually assaulting them while he was on duty. Several claimed that he sexually harassed them and even threatened to kill them if they ever spoke up about it. They were told that no one would believe a drunk female over a police officer. Yeah. After Sonia's body was found, the Nome police chief handed the case over to the Alaska State Troopers, and they withdrew themselves from the investigation. Obviously, they pretty much had to. At the time, people thought this was really odd, because usually a police force doesn't just, you know, freely hand over a case in its own jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. The Alaska State Troopers arrested Matt Owens on October 25th, 2003, at his residence and charged him with the murder of Sonia Ivanov. They took him into custody sooner than they had planned because because they thought he may be about to leave town. Matt went to the bank twice the day before, and one of his relatives called the airlines asking for flight information. So they arrested him basically before he could vanish. There was no evidence that Sonia was sexually assaulted, but... The investigator suspected that when Matt was on patrol, he saw her walking and he propositioned her for sex. 
When she refused and realized she wasn't drunk, a confrontation could have occurred leading to the shooting. Like, he knew she's sober. She, you know, she could tell the police and they'd believe her possibly. Right. (sighs) Which they should anyway, but it's another story. So Matt's first trial ended in a hung jury. Sonia's brother Jacob said, quote, I knew from the beginning that Nome wasn't the place to have the trial. Jurors had attended the same church as Matt Owens. I knew there would be some kind of buddy-buddy system going on there. So the trial was moved, and later that year, on December 6, 2005, Matthew Owens was finally found guilty of the murder of Sonia. One of the witnesses was Matt's own estranged wife. So he had called her 45 minutes before Sonia was ever reported missing and asked her if she could take their son. What? Yeah. He said he needed to get to work because a girl was missing and it didn't look good. He even told her Sonia's name and gave a physical description and then asked her to keep the information quiet. This is before Sonia's best friend ever even went to the police. And if a girl's missing, why would you be like, Keep this on the DL. If there's a missing girl, you would why shout would you it from want, the rooftops? Why should it yeah. be on the DL? But yeah. this estranged wife was like, not today, sir. Also, troopers found a 22 pistol with, sim- with a similar firing pattern in the police station evidence room in an area that Matt had access to. He was sentenced to 101 years in prison, and this has been upheld after two appeals. In 2007, the Sonia Ivanov bill was signed into law. The law mandates a maximum sentence for first-degree murder to any officer who murders someone while on duty. One of the other officers that worked with Matt says they believe they got a would-be serial killer. He said that Matt Owens was a predator and he believed he was going to try to kill again. I mean, it makes sense if you're a serial rapist or you're attempting. So I read an article on Medium about this case by Robin Bearfield and learned that in 2005, Sonia's family also settled a wrongful death suit against the city of Nome. So turns out some people knew Matt wasn't a stand-up guy. The complaint said that the city should have known that Matt would be a danger to the women living there. In 1997, the then-police chief refused to hire Matt, citing Matt's lack of character. However, a new chief decided to hire him in the year 2000, even though he knew the chief before him didn't think he was a good guy. There also are a lot of unsolved murders in Alaska in general when it comes to Native women who live there. Turns out there were many claims made to the known police regarding sexual assaults, and they were ignored. So after Sonia's case, Nome hired a retired police chief from Virginia, and he brought in two cold case detectives to look through a decade's worth of sexual assault reports. So in this town of 700 people, I mean, you have to think this is pretty dang small, they reviewed 460 cases. And most of these proved that several rapes and other assaults were completely uninvestigated. In many cases, the police never even interviewed the survivor or the suspect. What? Like, they got the report and they're like, yeah, whatever. 460 cases? What in the world? Mm-mm. 
So the Nome City Council did not want to bring up all these old cases, and they kind of just wanted to focus on the new and look forward. Yikes. So at no. this point, the chief from Virginia, his name was Chief Estes, he felt like he was pretty much fighting a losing battle, so he returned to Virginia. It's like they weren't wanting them solved. They were just like, let's just kind of forget about that. The new Nome City manager promises to hire additional detectives and continue the cold case review that was started by Chief Estes and his group. But we shall see. The proof's in the pudding, as they say. But there's an episode on this case on Fatal Frontier, Evil in Alaska. It's what? an interesting show, yeah. I've never seen that. What's it on? ID. No, my bad, my bad. Fatal Frontier's on Oxygen. Oh, okay. I wrote it down I was going to say. Yeah, I've, Oxygen. I've never seen that on. Yeah, and there's a Dateline episode called A Walk in the Rain about this case, and I'll link that up in the show notes if you want to watch it. Switching gears into something more positive. We have a new patron. <gasps> awesome. Drum roll. Dun, dun, dun. It's been a while. She is from Australia. Shut up. Yes. Her name is Rebecca G. Very cool. Thank Thanks, you, Rebecca. Rebecca. And we have at least one Patreon story from Alaska. I know the Shark Week episode, the one I covered was- You mean Australia? My- <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca's like, I'm from Australia, not from Australia. No, yeah. The Shark Week episode from last July is an Australian case. Very cool. Thanks. Yeah, that's exciting. That's on my bucket list, but the freaking flight is 24 hours. No, ma'am. From Arkansas. No, ma'am. I can't do that. I don't love flying over water. Mm-mm. Especially 24 hours. I'm just, you only have one layover like in Dallas. So you're on a freaking plane for ever, forever, just on this one plane. We're expecting it's going to, I don't know. Don't we need to QC something? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, that's a lot of hours for a plane. Yes, I, I do. don't know. Oh, if you've flown to Australia from the US, tell me about your experience. Relieve my anxiety. I like flying. I'm not a, it's not a big deal, but. Even like when I just flew to Miami, we had to go over part of the ocean and that made me nervous. I was going to ask you, how was your trip to Miami? It was fun. Was it the best thing ever? It was great. The weather, it was cold for Miami. There were people wearing coat coats. And it you're was like, like, you're in a tank top. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it did get in the 60s and stuff. And, but it was nice. I mean, I didn't get in the water. Samuel did. It was yeah. nice. I had so many mojitos and ate so much Cuban food that my heartburn, even though I take meds, oh no my match. gosh. No match. My body's like, enough with the steak, enough with the mint. You're making mistakes. I didn't care. I saw some fun drag shows. I mean, they they have some crazy drag. Well, that was a fun trip. They're just like flipping, flipping in the air. There's people. I don't know. I'm like, it's like Cirque, Cirque du Soleil. Cirque du Cirque Miami. Cirque du Miami. It was fun. I, I like a good Miami trip. Awesome. Saw some iguanas. Nothing that weird happened, surprisingly. Well, that's not a bad thing. You, true. It's true. Oh, yeah. Our new patron, Gladys, mm -hmm. is listening from Georgia. Oh, very cool. The state, not the country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we still love you. Thank you. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. Very exciting. What are you watching? I just recently saw this on Hulu. I didn't watch it. I saw the previews for it. It's called Dead Asleep. 
It's about the case of Randy Herman Jr., the Florida man convicted of a murder he says he committed while he was sleepwalking. Ooh, I know of that one. Yes. Mm. I haven't seen it, I'm but BS. I read Rotten Tomatoes and mm. they're mixed. I feel like you either think this is complete bullshit and junk science or, like me, maybe it's a possibility. I don't know. You know I believe in literally everything. <laughs> And even though it's an uncommon defense for a murder charge, it has been used and it has been used successfully. Mm-hmm. So, but if that's the case, you could literally use it for an excuse for everything. I'm just saying. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. I don't know. I definitely plan on watching I, it. That sounds, I mean, it's yeah. It's very interesting. I'll give it a watch. And then I watched um, this show called The Undoing on HBO Max. It's got all the people. Mm. It's got, what's her name? Uh, Lily, is it Rabe from American Horror Story, the blonde? Oh, yeah, she yeah, was yeah, one of, yeah, She yeah. was a nun I'm like, in one she? episode. She was yeah. the pregnant woman in uh, the red uh, tie. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or not, but yeah, that Lily Rabe, that's how I would pronounce it. Yeah. And Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant mm-hmm. and Donald Sutherland. Who I absolutely love. Hmm. It's basically a like who done it it's a very wealthy family there's an affair there's a murder you're trying to figure out who it is it's so good our friend zach told me about it Ooh. and i binged it that night me and my new dog ashley has gotten a dog i got a dog she's a hashtag doodle mom i'm a doodle mom <laughs> strictly by accident strictly by accident i told samuel about it and he's like she has like a dog living in her house. I know. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Everybody's she's like, shocked. what? She's so good. Her name is Wendy and she's the sweetest thing ever. I'll have to post a picture. What's her mix? She, her mother is, was a golden retriever and dad oh. is a standard poodle. So a golden doodle. She's a golden doodle. She's like doodle. a yearish old. She's, her birthday's December the 10th. Oh my gosh, you got a Sagittarius dog. Yeah, I have a Sagittarius oh dog. I have all her papers. I would love to know my dog's zodiac sign. So she, I'm a freak. she knows a ton of commands. She's That's completely awesome. potty trained. She's super oh, must gentle. Be nice. That's good. With Max. That's even good. Like I know he, you were worried about that. Yes. If she, you know, like if he feeds her a treat, she'll gently take Aww. it from him. She refuses to play tug of war with him. Like she's very oh my gosh. sweet and gentle so with him. Sweet. She will lay in his lap. Your while pictures he reads. are like too much. I'm like, Ugh. she's this. She. I'm Lacey's term into dog person. I never. I'm shocked. I never thought. I didn't and Lacey think it would knows. Happen. Like she, when the woman told me about her, I was like, I don't know. I'm on the fence. I feel like this is gonna be a mistake. Even then, I'm like, yeah, it's probably not gonna happen. I don't know. And then I met her. And I'm like, oh, my God, this dog is like a little human. <laughs> so we have to meet her. Her name is Wendy Rose. Oh, my gosh. That's her papers. That's what her name is, Wendy Rose. And we did not change it. Is, it, is that a faux pas for dogs with papers? What? That they have a full name? Well, I mean, like, you, you keep – is it like a I mean, you can change it to anything, I'm assuming, but yeah. she knows her name oh, is Wendy. okay. Okay. So, I'm like, we don't want to confuse her. <laughs> I mean, she's already has a ton of nicknames, so. Oh, well, you're going to have a collection of, like, 5,000. Oh, yeah. It's like having a child. I mean, Rody has nicknames, and he can't even hear his own name. <laughs> he didn't know what the hell he doesn't, I, he, To him, he has no name. <laughs> and, I mean, she's just – she's – She's good. Um, she's she's a cutie pie. She's great with other dogs, children. 
they don't know about cats. They don't know if she's ever been around the woman that I got her from. Doesn't mm-hmm. know. So I'm a little. I think she'll be fine, but I, it just worries me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want her to attack Jax. Well, Jax will hide if he sees. I mean, he hides now. Yeah. So I'm like, ee. But no. she, um, she's met all of our friends' fur children over the weekend, and she made the rounds. She was totally fine. Her and Onyx would literally take turns eating. Like Onyx would eat, and she would sit. And then Onyx would stop, and she would eat, and then she would sit. And Onyx, I mean, like they didn't fight. Rhodey is food aggressive, so she's not food aggressive. That's good. Yeah, she's just so far she's pretty perfect. I know there's something's gonna happen. I well, yeah. I keep worrying that you know. She, yeah, I did get on to her um, the other day for I don't remember what it was, and it wasn't like I got on to her. I was just like, no, like <clears throat> Wendy stop. I don't even remember what it was, and Max lost it he's like <laughs> don't yell at her oh you hurt God. her feelings look she's upset now <laughs> oh i'm like oh it's my like gosh. another sibling yes, in the like house a, he was went to he's her like, defense. she's my little sister <laughs> and she was like I, I think maybe i thought she was about to go to the bathroom she wasn't you know it was some, anyways i thought she was maybe sniffing and about to squat yeah i know yeah and so i was like no and he he freaked out on me and not freaked out, but he was visibly upset and was like, please don't scream at her like that. And I was like, she poops in this house. I'm going to beat her ass. And, he, you know, just talking, you just you're you joking. Know, joking. Yeah. And he's like, don't spank her. I was like, I'll beat your ass too. And he's like, what? This child has never been spanked. But I was just joking, you know, see joking. Serious face. Like what? But he was very like, no. What? I was like, oh, my God, I'm kidding. I would never – oh, my God. So, anyways, yeah, I'm a dog mom now. Um, it happened. I don't know. That wasn't on my 2023 bingo card. No, it wasn't on any of my bingo cards. So, I'm this person now. I have a dog. And there's, <laughs> Hashtag doodle mom. Hashtag I'm a, dog I know. mom. And Yancy, our friend Yancy, keeps sending me, like, T-shirts with, like, oh my golden Lord. doodles on the pocket or, like, a hat that says dog mom. I'm wearing I'm like, my, my Charlie little shirt right now see? with his ears. I'm like, oh, my god, You're going to become one of these obnoxious people. I know. I know. And that's fine. All day at work, I'm, like, you know. counting the hours down until I go home to my dog and it's also nice. my kid. <laughs> I do miss my kid, too. They're nice company to have. Well, and I, mean, I and I do spend so much time on myself. Yeah. That no, it's, yeah, for it's sure. It's nice to have her there. And, you know, quite honestly, I sleep better. <clears throat> I sleep better that she's there and, and I'm not alone. And she'll love you no matter what. And she's so it's sweet. Nice. She does try to, like, get in the shower when Max is in there. Like, she'll push the shower curtain back and put her feet up like she's yeah, about to yeah. jump in the water. And I'm like, no, you cannot take a shower with him. But anyways. I have a dog. Oh, um, this has nothing to do with anything, but I saw oh, this perfect. on the news. On the news. It was on the internet. Julian Sands. I don't know if you'll know who this actor is. He's British. Oh, he was in, um, he's the blonde guy from um, The Warlock. Yes. He disappeared. Yeah. So Julian Sands, A Room with a View is a big film, film he's known for, but- Two hikers are missing in Southern California after a period of heavy rain and snow. He's just gone missing. He's that's awful. Yeah, it's not good. Did they ever find that little boy that was washed away or swept <sighs> away? I don't know. That was another one that happened. It's crazy. Gosh, but I hope they find him. He, yeah, yeah, that's terrible. It says even experienced hikers are having a hard time getting to the area he went. So, I mean, he did hike a lot, so it's not like he was 
me doing something crazy. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, let's hope he's okay. Until next week, where are we? Kansas. 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 <laughs> let's make that a thing. We we also need to get a picture of our doggos together. We do. We do. But we, Oh, and that reminds me so, so much housekeeping. Someone asked me cuz we said we were going to post that picture of me dancing in the pig costume. Yes, and, and you never did. And the reason why is because I couldn't find it on my phone and it's because it's from someone else. Okay. I obviously didn't record it and it was in our kickball group chat. Uh-huh. So long story short, I tried to download this video. It wouldn't let me. I can't download it because it's from someone else. Who probably so, has an Android. I think she does. So <laughs> I I don't know. I'm not going to call her out. I don't know. But I asked her. I'm like, hey, this is weird, but can yeah. you send me that? Like text it to me. She looked and can't find it. So I'm sorry. I don't know. Uh, it I does exist. Lo- it exists in this group chat, but I don't think I can. I don't know. That's. I wonder if I can download. Well, if you can, I can. Yeah, it's weird. I'm like, why That's can't really you weird. maybe put a privacy thing? Anyway, so I'm sorry to let. No pig dancing. I can't remember. We'll have to reenact Someone it. asked me, they're like, when's when's that going to be? She's, Thank you for holding us accountable. She will reenact that for you guys soon. I can. Yeah. I, t- Tim still has the outfit. Oh, boy. All right. We'll Back see you next, next week. week. Bye. Bye.